Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Our favorite pastimes were riding a horse and tormenting the farm boy that worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. Nothing gave Buttercup as much pleasure as ordering Wesley around. Farm boy, polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. That day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And even more amazing was the day she realized she truly loved him back. Hold it, hold it. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? Where's the sports? Is this a kissing book? Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot! It's The Boot! I'm just trying to match your energy and it's not great. We're recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. Why are we so nice? Because we live in a magical fantasy world where love is... What was it? Where love is everything? (laughs) The most important thing. The most important thing. That's why we do it. And because that's where this industry is going and we should get involved. We should be on board. And so should you guys, because this week we're talking about the 1987 fantasy comedy, comedy drama romance, romance. The Princess Bride, yeah. starring Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Wallace Shawn, and Chris Sarandon. <laughs> directed by Robert, no, directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. So with me is... <laughs> You just hand passed me the ball so quickly. I just realized, it's my turn. No, it's your turn. It's my turn to say, I'm Kenna. Uh. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Guys, I'm Brian Flynn, and with me, tucked in bed, reading a book. Because I'm all sick. (laughs) Kenna Trent. Yeah, you should say my name from now on, because that went terribly. <laughs> how you doing, so, Kenna? How, other than that, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm super excited because I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. It's so good. You know, uh, I didn't see this movie until I was a little bit older, and I still was like, man, this is a phenomenal movie. And then I asked, <laughs> can I just tell a quick antidote about this movie? Is yes, I asked my girlfriend if she had seen it, and mm-hmm. she goes, no, I haven't. I was like, oh, you got to watch it. Really? And she goes, okay. Like, she wasn't that interested. <laughs> and she's like, I know the quote, though, the, like, famous quote. And I was like, oh, what? And she goes, <laughs> she oh, says, boy. I am something Dan Hannigan, and I'm here to save my wife. <laughs> and I've been saying that all week. I am something Dan Hannigan, and I am here to save my wife. <laughs> Um, if you're new to this podcast, Ken and I are going to pick our top five characters from this movie, and we're going to recast them as if this movie was going to be rebooted for 2018. Um, but before that, we're going to get into some reboot news once Kenna gets back into the game. I'm like crying. I can't even handle this. <laughs> um, do you know what's really fascinating, though? <laughs> that Dan Hannigan got married? 
somehow lost his wife? <laughs> Did you find her? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, no, we're good. What's happening? <laughs> you were saying something interesting about this movie. I I consider this such a classic, such a like somebody felt the need, probably my parents felt the need to like introduce this to me at mm-hmm. some point in my life. Like that much of a childhood classic that I'm like shocked when people have not seen this movie. Yeah. So I'm like, who, who, who didn't love you? <laughs> like, That's exactly how it was like brought to me. It was like, who, uh, how have you not seen this movie? And I was just like, oh, it sounds stupid. It sounds really dumb. And then I watched it. I was like, are those this all your friends? So beautiful. No, that was me. <laughs> That's how I sound. But I introduced it to a friend of mine last summer. We went to one of those outdoor screenings that happened in LA every summer. And the thing that shocked her the most, because her first exposure to Carrie Ellis was Saw. God damn you! If you so much as lay a finger on them, I'll kill you! You hear me? You son of a bitch! I'll kill you! What? Yes. She was so taken aback to find out who it was. Because she was like, I just cannot believe that this is the man that I have only known in a complete other form. (laughs) And I was like, I'm so sad for you. She had never seen Robin Hood Men in Tights? No. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Now Another. I'm sad. <laughs> Two movies that this person should have seen a long time ago. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, before we get into the reboot, we got some reboot news. Um, first up, the Grudge Movie reboot adds John Cho to its cast. Hurrah! John Cho! John Cho! The reboot of the 2004 horror film The Grudge has added John Cho to the cast. The original movie, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, was itself a remake of the Japanese film Juon, The Grudge. The American version pulled in $187 million at the box office on a budget of $10 million and spawned two big screen sequels. The films are based on a cursed spirit born out of a violent death, usually attached to a place where the death took place. Anyone who comes in contact with this curse dies, and the curse continues leaving... I don't care about this. Um... <laughs> Geller originally portrayed a care worker assigned to help an American family living in Tokyo, all of whom end up destroyed by the curse. The reboot, however, will star Andrea Riseborough as the detective and single mother. The Grudge reboot will also star Damien Bashir, Bashir mm-hmm. from Alien Covenant as Variety's reporting, along with John Cho. John Cho, we talked about him a couple episodes back. We yep. love John Cho. He's the best. I saw him in a grocery store once. I was like, that's John Cho. That's so exciting. He was shopping with his daughter. It's so sweet. And I was at the I was at the bar in the grocery store. And you just stood there. Staring and we were at like, him. "That's John Cho, yeah." <laughs> Guys, in LA, grocery stores have bars. Well, one does, and it's phenomenal. Guys, in LA, grocery stores have celebrities. <laughs> Guys, in LA, we all day drink. <laughs> um, oh, the Grudge. Um, you're the horror aficionado. What do you think about this? I honestly can't say I'm uh, too excited about a reboot of a movie that just came out in 2004 of a movie that came out in 2003 yeah but i mean given the success of the original grudge and how beloved juan is in japan Mm -hmm. um why not why not give it another shot i'm trying to think of like a um an american counterpart i mean i guess the grudge is now an american but like, is this like the Halloween series? Your fit, like your the Grudge and the Ring sort of came out around the same yeah. time as that. All this like Japanese horror. Yeah. Um, I think what's his name? Roy something. He was like a big producer. He brought a bunch of Japanese horror movies mm-hmm. kind of over to us, and we're mm-hmm. like, these are super popular. Uh, Shutter was another one. Oh really? Uh huh. Oh cool. 
the movie that gives me a backache. And which, if you've never seen the movie, watch it. But yeah, I'm. It sort of feels like maybe we're not in that uh, frame where we're like, yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. the ring is great. Let's watch something else. Plus, I'm also of the opinion that I'm not really sure why we need um, American Versions remakes of of like a Japanese movie, like why can't we, if we wanted to make quote unquote an American version, Mm -hmm. is it really crazy to do like an English version of, uh, you know, Japanese actors in Japan going through this instead of bringing like Sarah Michelle Gellar over to Japan? The whole time I was in that house, I felt something was wrong. What happened there? Well, to make it accessible for us? I know why they do it is I think studios are scared that American audiences aren't going to watch a movie mm-hmm. with either Japanese or Koreans because I think whether it's racism or whether they just don't think audiences are going to identify with the movie. But what's interesting is what was that Netflix show Death Note, mm-hmm. which is based on a very popular anime. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine was working on like the marketing and she was telling me that you know people, fans of that property, when they watch the American version, the American version takes place in America. And the fans were like, yeah. what is this shit? Like, it was all these, like, young kids, I think, who were just like, why are we watching this show that's supposed to be in Japan and blah, 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 blah. And she said that, like, all the reaction from Japan, because she's, like, reading all this material, is mm-hmm. just like, um, we don't care. Like, Right. If the story is set where, in yeah. America, then it, featuring, featuring Americans, Americans yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But this, which, again, it sort of makes sense. Like, the ring was transported to uh, an American city. Yeah. So it's weird that, like, the grudge is one of those things where it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar is going to be our window into the... Mm-hmm. Uh, into Japanese culture. She's yeah. going to go to Japan. I think there's something a little icky about that. I would just prefer to either see a, a Japanese story told in Japan with Japanese actors mm-hmm. or completely remove it from there. Yeah. Make it an American version, mm-hmm. but don't try to like mix it up. It just it just feels like Yeah. feels a little gross. I'm kind of sour on this. I mean, I'm going to watch it cuz John Cho. John Cho. But um I just don't care about the grudge. I <sighs> I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I love The Ring. You know, like I, I remember watching that movie and like freaking out in that movie. Yeah. Who didn't like receive a phone call after watching oh, The Ring and, and I, lose uh, their mind? I grew up in a place that like looked like that, and so like after we left the theater and it was just like all these barren trees and like dark, sort of freaky old colonial buildings. You're just like, oh god, it's it's. It just felt same with like Blair Witch. Like I live in a place that looks like Blair Witch, and I'm just like the Blair Witch is real. Oh my God, that was real. <laughs> what I watched was real. The grudge, I don't know. It was just something about like, if a demon occupies a house, leave the house. Mm, wisdom. That's it. Or don't believe in ghosts. You just <laughs> you just solved all horror movies. Yeah. All right, we got to move on. Um, Exclusive. Cue the ham horn. <laughs> Zach Penn wants to expand the Matrix universe. Screenwriter Zach Penn has revealed some of his plans for his upcoming Matrix movie. The Ready Player One scribe has certainly built up a significant amount of nerd cred over the course of his impressive career. He wrote X2, X-Men United, Elektra, X-Men Last Stand, Incredible Hulk. Um, Penn has taken on some major genre pictures during his time, but nothing he's done compares to his task of bringing back the Matrix franchise. He is quoted as saying, I've been working on the Matrix right now, which is in a phase right now 
that's a franchise that I desperately want to see brought back, and I can't go into too much detail, but I've been harassing Warner Brothers for years to try to get it going again. So that's the one thing I'm working on. He really wants to make this movie. Is it a movie? Yeah. Do, I, do we want him to make this movie? Well, what's weird is like, what do they mean expand the Matrix universe? Is that, because to me that's like TV show. Does that mean book, like more animated things that they did, more movie? I mean, it's like probably a movie because he's a movie writer. I don't, I, I'm weirdly like, I'm of two minds. I would like to see the Matrix universe again in some capacity. But I also, I don't think that time is now. Are we in a place where it makes sense to just start something new? In the Matrix universe? Um, you know, I actually was thinking about this a couple months ago, like how you could do this. Because I, I, I caught Matrix 2 on the TV, and I was surprisingly like, I don't hate this as much as I originally hated it when mm-hmm. I saw it. I was like, oh, uh, okay. Um, it was weird. It's weird Still when you... not a great reaction. <laughs> no, but it's weird when you watch something that you like viscerally hated, and then you watch it again, and like all that hate kind of leaves you, and you're like... I get what they were trying to do. I just mm-hmm. don't think they executed it well. Um, okay, so we're talking about this reboot. I don't know if... I think it depends. I think everything about this project depends on where he goes with it. Mm-hmm. Because you can come up with a very interesting and very compelling take on The Matrix, just like the Wachowskis did yeah. way back in 99. Is The Matrix an original concept? Um, is no, it based on it, something? it's not based on anything, but it borrows a lot from anime. Okay. Like all the action is like very anime. Mm-hmm. The conceit about dialing into a computer or like humans live in a simulation. I mean, that's been done so many times that I mean, it's not new in any ways. They just married it with some other things that American audiences, you know, to talk about Asian culture and American audiences, probably mm-hmm. something that American audience hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So if you do this right. I think a lot of people could get excited about it. If you yeah. don't, I think you could kill this property for a long time. Yes. It's interesting because The Matrix is so beloved. And honestly, we're in a Keanu Reeves renaissance. Mm. Does he come back? I don't think he does. I, I, I think why not use him while you can still use him? he wants to. In some capacity. Okay. Um. Like he's the new architect. Oh, gosh, every time I, I got to be honest, every time I think about the Matrix, I'm like, I have seen all of these movies and I could not tell you a single thing about them. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. The first one you can, you can, maybe you can plot it out. Okay. It would right. be embarrassing for me. So our last story is kind of, Ken and I have a lot of feelings about this because uh, this literally came in our laps an hour ago or two hours ago and it deleted something off our list that Kenna had just put on it. Kenna, do you want to take, I'll, I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> Rumor, Universal sets director for sequel to Kurt Russell's Backdraft. Backdraft was directed by Ron Howard, released in 1991. It told the story of two brothers, Lieutenant Stephen Bull McCaffrey and Brian McCaffrey. Both are committed and foolhardily firefighters, but they have fierce differences that need to be put aside when they try to find the identity of a serial arsonist. It was a popular film at the box office, though, garnering an impressive, for the 90s, $152 million worldwide. The rumor is that Universal are keen on producing a follow-up that will have strong links to the 1991 original. Production is said to begin in Romania and Toronto next month, 
and Baldwin may be returning to reprise his role as the surviving McCaffrey brother. The plot will apparently focus on the son of Russell's character, who still has a grudge about his uncle's actions in the first film. Now an investigator with the Chicago FD, he has to confront arms dealers who use deadly fires as a distraction? Uh. What? Universal are said to have tapped Spanish director Gonzalo Lopez Gallego as the man to helm the production. So what they're saying, I think what the article is essentially saying is that there's no confirmation that this is happening, but they have they have found location information. So it's probable that they're shooting. And if they hired a director, it's probably they've been given a good pitch. I legitimately just added this movie to our list yesterday. I haven't seen this since I was really, really young. And so I had to, you know, because I didn't get a chance to rewatch it, I just read the plot synopsis and everything about this just screamed reboot this movie. Yeah. What I do like about this, I'll say, is that they're not rebooting it. It's a Mm -hmm. sequel. Mm -hmm. And to me, at least in this little blurb, it has shades of Creed. Which I really love. I love Creed. I like when sequels or kind of these like reboot sequels really honor the original. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but this Halloween Mm -hmm. reboot, Danny McBride basically Mm -hmm. was like, we're kind of deleting a lot of canon. I don't know how you feel about that. And to me, that was like, um, maybe, I, I don't know how convoluted that timeline is, but that kind of just is like, oh, that stinks. Like, there's people who like Halloween 8. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so to erase that, that kind of bugs me. So at least with this, I'll say two things. If if it's something like Creed where it's like the son of someone else mm-hmm. is coming in and there's still a lot of story to mine, especially one so closely tied about like family and like the yeah. death of firefighters in this family, I will watch this movie. The other thing that this movie has to do is cast Wyatt Russell as Preach! Russell. <laughs> as, Kurt Russell's son. You already son. know. You can read my mind. Yes, that needs to happen. If they do those two things, I will buy a ticket. The thing I remember most about Backdraft is it has a killer soundtrack. The music is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The story is exciting. Like, we don't often see. Let's just have one drill, Lieutenant. Not one for the company and one for me. You have a bad day here. Somebody dies. Check that door for heat. You shouldn't have had him up there in the first place. It's compelling. It's interesting. I am slightly concerned by what they're presenting as the plot synopsis, that he has to confront arms dealers who use deadly fires as a distraction. Like, Because it's just taking focus away from the fact that they're firefighters. Like, he's not a cop. Like, very point-breaky, like, this gimmicky bank robbers. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a little stunty. But I will start. uh, Let's figure out a hashtag. Because we're going to get Wyatt Russell into this movie. Oh, yeah. They have to. (laughs) Okay, guys. We're going to get into our reboot of The Princess Bride. But before that, we got to go through some rules, as always. Kenna? First of all, again, I don't know who you are if you've never seen this movie. But if you have never seen this movie, we're going to spoil it for you. So what you have to do is pause us right now, watch the movie, and then come back. So... Now that you've done that, what you're going to want to do now is open up IMDb, type in The Princess Bride, get a little familiar with some of these people's names, and get ready to uh, type in some of our picks. Um, Even though I don't think, um, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've picked anybody that's going to be super challenging. Could be wrong, though. Uh, No, I I think people will know my picks. I think last week I've learned my lesson. Are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? (laughs) 
I'm talking to the man inside my computer. Okay. Who do you think I'm talking to? I don't know. I'm taking notes, so I'm like, Ugh. We are doing no remakes, reboots, or long-lost sequels. So we won't do a movie that has already been remade in the past 20-ish years or so. And this includes franchises like The Matrix that had <laughs> <laughs> multiple sequels and... Uh, possibly a reboot and is just around too much for us to get tired of it. Second rule is no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are A, alive, and B, working today. No dead actors. No out-of-work actors. Uh, and the third rule is no tender casting. We can't cast somebody who, just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent, which this is going to be a really important one, I think, because it's really easy to cast people who uh, come off similar to the original cast. Yeah, with certain characters because they're so unique. But I think we got to fight that. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, we are going to get into this reboot of The Princess Bride. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> Who are you? I'm no one to be trifled with. That is all you ever need know. To think, all that time it was Shawcup that was poisoned. They were both poisoned. I spent the last few years building up an immunity to Iocane powder. The characters that we're going to do today, Wesley. Westley. Westley. Buttercup. Inigo Montoya. Vecini. And Prince Humperdinck. I, I, I always struggle to like figure out what kind of movie this is. And every time I think about this, I'm just like, there's no way you could make a movie like this. It is a tr it's truly once in a lifetime. Like the actors being all together, being who they are, mm -hmm. the story being what it is. Like at, as soon as it gets to peak cheesiness, it mm -hmm. hits you with a really funny joke that they like. They're kind of winking at the audience like, yeah. yeah, we know this is cheesy. Like we get it. Yes. And There's... then you're just like, I love this movie because it's so funny. It, uh, I, let me pitch you this movie. Okay. It's a movie about... Mm -hmm. A little sick boy who hates his grandfather. Love it. Who comes, who, who's sick. Oh, I already said he's sick. Uh, this is a bad pitch. <laughs> but it's basically like really a grandfather. Have more. <laughs> a grandfather reads a story to his sick grandson. Uh -huh. And the movie is the story of a princess and a sort of swashbuckling hero mm -hmm. and their unbreakable true love. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> but it, it just works. Everything about it just, it hits. And I, I don't know how you don't love this movie when you watch it. Yeah. I could not fathom. It's like birthday either. presents. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who hates birthday presents? How could presents? you have a problem with birthday presents? Speaking of the sick little boy, mm -hmm. um, Brian got kind of mad at me two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Because I mentioned... We mentioned two episodes. We mentioned Dave Chappelle in two consecutive episodes. And then you hit me with this knowledge that you like have a Dave Chappelle story and you yeah, didn't tell it to I us. I didn't say anything. And now it's past. We'll never I'm talk sorry. about Dave Chappelle. Yeah, you, you have to find me on the street to get uh, my Dave Chappelle story. But the story I'm going to lay on you right now is about somebody who is in this movie. Um, so a couple years ago, I had to move out of my apartment and I... 
didn't have another place to live yet. Welcome to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so I had to put all my stuff in a storage unit. And when I finally uh, found a place to live, I went back early one morning to go to my storage unit, unpack everything. So I get there super early before the storage place even opens. And there's only one other person there who is waiting to get into their storage unit. And it's Fred Savage. (laughs) And when he opened his unit... (laughs) Ben was Savage <laughs> was on the other side. That's where he keeps him. That's where he keeps him. His um, <laughs> so, yeah, me and like two of my friends and Fred Savage and his two children, because our storage units were like right next to each other. Oh, weird. Unloaded stuff at the same time. And nobody said anything. Yeah. But it was still magical. You know, it's a shame we're not recasting the grandson but i'm glad we're not because fred fred savage was so good in this movie mm-hmm. he was an incredible child actor and yeah. i mean he's still a really good actor he's probably a better director but um mm-hmm. i i remember did you ever watch the wonder years yeah yeah i watch that show all the time but like as an adult now watching his performances it, specifically in this movie i'm like man this kid got it like yeah he got every direction that like i don't know i don't know how the part where like these directors direct kids but i can't remember exactly what happens i think it's when when they get married or somebody dies and he's like no that's not what happens the king died that very night and before the father was dawn buttercup and humperdinck were married and at noon she met her subjects again this time as their queen hold it hold it grandpa you read that wrong she doesn't marry humperdinck she marries wesley and just serve it after all that Wesley did for her, if she didn't marry him, it wouldn't be fair. Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Life isn't always fair. I'm telling you, you're messing up the story. Now get it right. But he also it's like so sincere. the the kind of banter between him and is it Peter Falk, mm-hmm. who plays the grandfather, just the kind of like brattiness or or the ribbing between the two characters of the grandfather. Uh-huh. Like when the grandfather just tells him to shut up, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> It's a shame that we're not recasting these two, but I'm glad we're not because it's really mm-hmm. hard. These these two are like standout performers in this movie, and the they're not is really so in strong. It. Yeah. yeah, when he's like, "When I was your age, television was called books." <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get into it. We're gonna start with Wesley. Mm. Who wants to go first? You want to go first? Yeah. I yeah. Guess. Come on. Come on. Oh gosh, come this on. one was tough for me. This is such a weird moment, but if you've just watched this movie, uh, maybe you'll get what I'm saying. There's a part where Wesley and Inigo and Fezzik are up on sort of the battlements trying to plan Mm -hmm. their um, entrance into saving Buttercup. Mm -hmm. And Wesley can't quite move because he's still a little bit dead. Mm -hmm. And Fezzik is like holding his head up and moving it around so he can like talk to both of them. And there's a moment where... Fezzik and Inigo are talking to each other and Andre the Giant is just like holding his head. And the look on Cariella's face is so good that I was like, man, it's impossible. It's impossible to pick someone who is going to play it the way he does. I'm I'm a little nervous about my pick because I had forgotten how comedic Cary Elwes is in Mm -hmm. this role. And, you know, he's my Robin Hood. And even in the, the Mel Brooks retelling of Robin Hood... He still is like so dashing, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he looks like Errol Flynn. You know what I mean? Like it's—he's it's, hot. It's crazy. He's hot stuff. Um, so I'm a little nervous about my pick too. But you decided to go first. Okay, I just—I struggled because everybody I looked at, I was like, "Is he? Is he princely? Is he?" 
<sighs> okay, I'm still not sold on my choice, but I think I think he's the best right now. <sighs> I picked Kit Harrington. Hmm. <laughs> and I'll you're give you... lucky that I. Uh, oh, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. That's not what I meant. Uh, Excuse s- me. Say what you were gonna say. <laughs> I think the thing that really tipped it over the edge for me is that. Sure, we get we get some of the um, like swordplay version of him in Game of Thrones. Like we know he's got that down. Yeah, that's fine. He's obviously very attractive. He's got the sort of like swoopy hair. Like he's fine. But then I remembered that he um, he's done some comedic things. He did uh, that sports mockumentary Seven, Seven Days, Days in, in Hell. Hell. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say you're lucky that he's done a comedy. Yes, he's really funny, and he's funny in that unassuming way that like he's not trying to be a comedian by yeah. any means. But I think if you give him the right material, he can play it both ways. Yeah, um, I think I'm having a hard time just because I. I mean. For those of you who don't know, did we already say where he's in? I don't think so. He's Jon Snow. He's Jon Snow. So I'm processing Jon Snow in this. You know what I mean? Which is tough because it's a huge current character. Right. And he is not funny in that. You know what I mean? And that show also has, I mean, very little room for any kind of funny. Like the humor is is basically like Peter Dinklage. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the guy who plays the onion. Liam Cunningham. Liam, yeah. I know what you're going for, and I I support it. I support it. But... I'm curious to see who you picked <clears throat> because I I want to be topped. Like I want there to be somebody better. Well, here's the thing. I picked a guy who I think is very dashing, mm-hmm. but I also have the same problem. I don't know if he is as charming in that comedic way that mm-hmm. we're both trying to get at. Hello there. Slow going. Look, I don't mean to be rude, but this is not as easy as it looks, so I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't distract me. Sorry. Thank you. I don't know, suppose you've got to spit things up. If you're in such a hurry, you could lower a rope or a tree branch or find something useful to do. I've got some rope up here, but I do not think it would accept my help, since I am only waiting around to kill you. That does put a damper on our relationship. So I think you and I are doing our best here. Yeah. Um, I picked Nicholas Holt. See, here's the thing. I, yeah, I. And for those of you who don't remember, <laughs> last week, yeah, Kenna used him in Gattaca, mm-hmm. and I made some comment that said that he would be somewhere around here, and, and now he it's is paying off because I was thinking about. I mean, he he does have that kind of Robin Hood look that I that I, I could see. You know, he's very dashing. I. But I again. I don't. I won't fault you if you hit me back and being like, I don't know if he's the same. Like, no, I think honestly, I had to look deep within myself because I thought I had cast him perfectly in Gattaca, and then had a moment where I was like, oh, dang, should I have should I have saved him? And then I sort of came to terms with the fact that I really wasn't sure that he had the same. He has the look. I don't know if he's the same kind of charm as my pick, but I think it's a good pick. I'm trying to look up his IMDb, see if he's... I mean, About a Boy is a comedy, but he was like a child in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's all action movies, dramas. Yeah. Jack the Giant Slayer, though. That's interesting. I forgot he did that movie. Oh, yeah. That's a similar... Uh, Okay. (laughs) uh, 
Okay. But I, it's still the same thing. Like, we don't know if he can do this. I just this. think this one really snuck up on me. Like, I started casting other people, and I was like, cool, yeah. great, this is working. And I just could not wrap my head around a, another Wesley. Carrie Owens kills it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't think we pick bad people. No. I just think, mm. um, I think this did. one was hard. Yeah, it was tough. Okay, Princess Buttercup. By the way, great character name. And <laughs> in this movie, every time they say it, mm-hmm. I kept being like, man, they must, they, it must have taken a lot of coaxing to like get these people to say this name. Like every Seriously. time, every time uh, Humperdinck would say it it almost sounded like he couldn't believe he had to say it and it was almost like a character i I felt like the character not just the actor but he just was like princess buttercup (laughs) like he's like i can't believe i'm doing this yeah i just thought that was funny um in terms of her character i mean she's she is basically a dance she's a princess in a tower in a lot of ways you know yeah. She never really fights for – she tries to kind of like trust the bad guy and the bad guy double crosses her and then she is brought to the altar and then she has to be rescued. Not a great chunk of material to really draw from. You never sent the ships. Don't bother lying. doesn't matter. Wesley will come for me anyway. You're a silly girl. Yes, I am a silly girl. For not having seen sooner that you were nothing but a coward with a heart full of fear. I would not say such things if I were you. Why not? You can't hurt me. Wesley and I are joined by the bonds of love. And you cannot track that. Not with a thousand bloodhounds. And you cannot break it. Not with a thousand swords. And when I say you are a coward, that is only because you are the slimiest weakling ever to crawl the earth. And it's interesting because she is sort of the one character who doesn't have that double play of, like, she is sincere mm-hmm. moment one to the end. Yes. She is the one character who is not comedic. Even when other people are being funny around her, yes. she is entirely sincere. She's entirely just the princess who mm-hmm. is in love and all she wants is to love a man. Which, I mean, understandable. That's very serious business. There's no laughing. There's nothing involved in that. (laughs) So I picked another Game of Thrones alum. I picked Natalie Emanuel, who... um, That's a really good choice. Yeah. uh, I wish I had her character's name in the top of my head. Missandei. Missandei. Yeah. She's also in The Fate of the Furious, which I haven't seen. She's also in the Maze Runner sequels. Oh, interesting. But her character in Game of Thrones, I I feel, is sort of the same way. Like, she never gets the joke, but she's very elevated. Like, if it wasn't for Khaleesi, she could also basically be the princess. I think she's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think she is very talented. But I also, for this, yeah, I think think it would just be interesting to have... You know what's funny? Any woman of today in this role would make Buttercup a different character. Is that true or not? I mean... Mm. I know we're not supposed to write this, but do you like, think just as just as they're playing it, or do you think she would just have both. to be a different I, character? I, no, more of the former. Like if you in the performance, she would be a different Buttercup. Mm-hmm. In the reading of the material, I think most actresses would be like, "Yo, why don't I try to escape? Like, why don't I yeah. try and figure out whether Humperdinck actually sent the ships that he said? Yeah, why why am I not more aware? Why am I not active in this story? Yeah. So. 
it's kind of hard to say that like the quality of this actress will bring this and this because I think Buttercup will evolve no matter mm-hmm. not no matter what but generally I I I picked her because I wanted Buttercup to evolve and I think she mm-hmm. would evolve it in something a little less passive. Yeah. Cuz even in Game of Thrones like she has such she has sort of a side character but she's mm-hmm. not passive about especially in this last season. Or, yeah, she's yeah. a side character who becomes very important. Mm-hmm. By virtue of like how strong she is, yeah, like she's a former slave who rises to the side of the queen. Mm-hmm. She becomes basically like the hand of the queen in a lot. Yeah. Of, well, I guess Peter Nicklinch is the hand of the queen, but but in the way that like she could be like a lady in waiting, she's not. She's like a political mm-hmm. advisor. She's yeah. a right. she's there for every. She's in the room where it happens. Right. Um. <laughs> Was little musical about theater. That. Was funny about that, okay. I picked the most sincere person I could think of. Mm. Emma Watson. Really? Oh. Okay. Yeah. And here's why. I don't always think she is a great actress because she can be so sincere. And in this particular role, I think it serves her well. That's a really good way to go about it. Yeah. I really like that pick. Thank you. I don't know if I'm excited to watch this movie now. <laughs> With her in it? Yeah, I watched The Circle. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, boy. But I think also in the way that she brought sort of a new dimension to Belle and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, just in, I think, mm-hmm. sort of who she is. Like, she is the I, person I... who would not take a role if it put women in a compromising position. Because yeah. I think like she would not stand for a female character yeah. who's just like, men, save me. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with your strategy of how you came to this pick. Absolutely. She is the most sincere person. Yeah. Even imagining even... her trying to make a joke no, is making can't. me like uncomfortable. She can't do it. And she wouldn't. <laughs> I know. And that's what you need. You need someone who's going to stay in their lane. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa. You, Kenneth said that, not me. You just told a woman to stay in her place. <laughs> I said stay in your lane. Mm, it's okay. different. Okay. Now we're onto a huge one. Dan Harrington. <laughs> Good old Dan Harrington. Inigo Montoya, uh, played by Mandy Patinkin. First of all, can we just talk about how crazy Mandy Patinkin is? Just in real life? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories. Which is odd. Cause Why? <laughs> I don't know. You just think about the way, you know, people who worked with him on Homeland and things like that are mm-hmm. like, eh, he's a little unhinged. And you're like, Inigo? <laughs> yeah, because in this movie, he's so, you know, he's different than Wesley because he's he's like a hired hand. He's on this like revenge tour. He's a little swarthy. Is it swarthy or swarmy? Smarmy. Swarthy? Sir, huh? we're in a terrible rush. Don't rush me, Sonny. You rush a miracle, man, you get rotten miracles. You got money? 65. I never worked for so little, except once, and that was a very noble cause. This is noble, sir. His wife is crippled. Children are on the brink of starvation. Are you a rotten liar? I need him to help avenge my father. Murdered these 20 years. Your first story was better. They're different words. Yeah, they My English language is fading. But basically, like, he's kind of a a derelict, a degenerate. He's kind of on... Yeah. yeah. What does he say? When I found you, you were so drunk. Uh, Yeah, something about brandy. Oh, yeah, you couldn't afford brandy. Um, 
I'm realizing now that I this is the second person from Game of Thrones that I'm casting in this movie. Mm. Uh, but he's perfect for it. I picked Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Who, gosh, I should have looked up his character's name. He plays the Sand Snake in Game of Thrones. He was also in, he's been in Narcos, at least in season two. The Kingsman Golden Circle. Yes. He's in The Great Wall. Oh, boy. God, that movie is good. Uh <laughs> But I, I like him a lot because I, I think he's a, f- a perfectly fine mm-hmm. dramatic actor. But especially after seeing The Kingsman, I was like, okay, this guy's mm-hmm. got a got a certain flair to him. He's, he's funny charming. too. Yeah. Yeah. He's charming. He's interesting. I think he could be swarthy. We're using that word correctly. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Great. I like. I like the pick too. I went. Oh God, I went in a weird direction with this one, guys. Oh, okay. The biggest thing about Inigo is getting revenge on the six-fingered man for his father. And I just kept thinking that I need to gender swap this role. Okay. And not only do I need to gender swap this role, I want to cast someone much younger than Mandy Patinkin was. Because somehow, for some reason in my head, I wanted to see like a younger woman with a giant kind of like (laughs) traveling this faux European landscape, like this medieval landscape fighting uh-huh. <laughs> pirates and and knights and kings. And I just realized that I picked another Maze Runner alum, but uh, <laughs> I picked... We go with what we love. Uh, I picked Rosa Salazar. Do you know who she is? Yes, I She's going to be in the new Alita Battle Angel movie mm-hmm. where her eyes were unfortunately CGI'd to... Super big. Super proportions to look like an anime character. I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, it's a male gaze thing, I yeah. think. I just wanted to see someone kind of different than Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Someone different than like an older man. Mm-hmm. The duel at the end would be so cool. I'm looking at a Logan poster and I'm literally looking at the girl from Logan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just there thinking like is. how cool it would be to like have a, a younger woman fighting, fighting an older sort of a master swordsman. Count Frugan. Yeah, for the honor of her father's death. My name is Diego Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die! No! Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. That's who I picked, and I like it, because I also think she's a really good actress, despite the fact that the work that she's in, Alita hasn't come out yet, but Maze Runner is a mess. And Mm -hmm. I think she actually weirdly stands out in it, which is a testament to her. And she's super funny. She frequents... Doug Benson's podcast, yeah. Doug Loves Movies. And she's always a blast. I, I feel like we should like hug after each pick. That we got. <laughs> like, Good like job. We did it. <laughs> yeah, this one. This um, one's like, we're trying to convince each other. Like, this was a good idea. Princess Bride was a right. good one. Oh, gosh. Oh, my. I, it's almost easier to do terrible movies. It is almost Because easier. if you're trying to make it better... Simple. If you're trying to make a great movie just as good, that's very, very hard. Difficult. Yeah. I'm actually very excited for my next pick, and I'm uh, lucky that I should go first. So, uh, Vassini, played by Wallace Shawn, the 
who has the very famous scene with the poison cups. Incredible performance. Incredible. Yeah. I tried to think of an actor who could be equally as funny, mm-hmm. who could who could play a faux intelligent. Like Vassini is someone who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's clearly not, but he like wields it. That's his weapon, mm-hmm. you know, that he wields. And when I thought of this guy, I was just like, he... <laughs> To no fault of his own, but he kind of looks like a villain. I picked Nick Kroll. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, no? Okay. I'm halfway on board with this. Wh- why? You tell me why you don't like it, and I'll tell you why I like it. Huh. This seems like a trap. Uh... <laughs> I'm playing mind games. I'm switching cups. The battle cups. of wits. So you didn't see. I switched the cups. Um... I feel like maybe I'm just like imagining he he's very not of this world being like plopped down in this world. And I don't know, but which I I know some people aren't a huge fan of his comedy. Mm-hmm. I like Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Kroll show was genius, but I don't know. I I I but at the same time it makes sense he would throw on a funny accent and he doesn't need to throw in a funny Probably accent. Probably make it work. I think it would be great. I think, so the whole thing about Vassini is he's like this guy who was hired to start a war between two nations over the mm-hmm. capturing of and ultimately killing of Princess Buttercup, which is a very complicated storyline in this whole movie that kind of yeah. gets like lost Also, in why shuffle. doesn't he just murder her? <laughs> they carry her around for a while. Yeah, I guess he's like, he has to get her out of the castle to murder. Oh, you mean Vassini. I, th- I was thinking, Humper- like, why doesn't yeah, Humperdinck Vicini just throw her out of the point, castle? at some point, like... You know, Wesley's like fighting his two men. I, yeah, just slit her throat and literally, walk and just be yeah. like, I'm done. Just seems weird. Once the horse reaches the castle, the fabric will make the prince suspect the Gilderians have abducted his love. When he finds their body dead on the Gilder frontier, his suspicions will be totally confirmed. You never say anything about killing anyone. I've hired you to help me start a war. It's a prestigious line of work with a long and glorious tradition. I just don't think it's right, killing an innocent girl. Am I going mad? Or did the word think escape your lips? I think he can just do that sort of fake cunningness. Like, he could Mm -hmm. play that, like, mind game a little, I don't know. Like, in the league, like, the whole point of that show is to, like, play mind games with each other. You're not buying it. And my argument's kind of (laughs) fucking weak, but... Almost there. I think honestly, I'm. I would be on board enough to say, sure, why not? And I would hope he would convince me mm-hmm. in the execution. Okay, we're running behind. Okay, so for my Vicini, I liked the idea of the whole point of him is that he is the, he's the brains, quote uh-huh. unquote, and he has hired a master swordsman and just a big old brute yeah. to uh, help him execute whatever plans he has in store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of like, who, who is somebody who would, who would stand behind their intellect? Maybe because in a world where it's all about like pirates and I don't know, maybe like knights and stuff, mm-hmm. like he, he might not have the ability to, to be a great fighter, but he's got the smarts. Mm-hmm. And I picked, I mean, again, I just pulled from the Game of Thrones cast. I gotta get crazy. Guys, I promise to be better. I picked Peter Dinklage. I feel like Dinklage deserves more. This is a really good part. I feel like Dinklage could be Humperdinck. Mm, well, I get your, I get it, yeah. I get it. It's a good pick, but it's not. You're making very wild hand I'm, gestures. Yeah. <laughs> you're covering for something, and it's how much you don't like it. It was weird. I haven't seen like Peter Dinklage in something other than Game of Thrones in a long time, so I'm just trying to see him out of the role of Tyrion. I mean, yeah. we've got Elf. 
Peter Dinklage. We've got Peter Dinklage isn't as manic as Wallace Shawn plays the scene. But I think he could be. I think he could. I think he could be. Yeah. I think he's got like a really like weird comedic energy to mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. that would come out in a way that would be like, whoa. Have you ever seen The Baxter? No. It's one of my favorite movies. Just I think check you've it out. mentioned it yeah. before. He plays a wedding planner and it's, it's he's only in it for maybe like 10 minutes, but it's great. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we did that. We did that. Should we hug again? <laughs> or should we fight? Okay. <laughs> Prince Humperdinck. We're, we're rounding out our cast of five. Played by Chris Sarandon. I went first last time. Oh, right, right, right. So I'll go first this time. I'm actually super excited about my choice. I almost pulled, dang it, somebody else for the Game of Thrones cast, but I changed my mind. If I had known you would have picked so many Game of Thrones characters, I would have imposed the, the gladiator. No Game of yeah, the role. no Game of Thrones rule. Yeah, but that's very specific and in not in my favor. So, okay. no. Okay. Um, I picked as my Prince Humperdinck, Eric Bana. Oh, awesome. And here's why. I know why, because he's Eric Bana. Not a lot of people know this, but Eric Bana started his career as a stand-up comedian. Really? Yes. He had a he had a stand-up career and he had his own like variety show on Australian TV. And oh. nobody knows this because he has movie star good looks. And so when he was in movies, it became Eric Bana the like super yeah. handsome action star. So yeah. he never does comedy. Yeah. But when I found this out, I was like, I have just got to see this man do comedy. He and was it's in, funny. He was in, uh, oh, it's online? Yeah, he's oh, a funny I can't guy. I watch it. He was in, um, this is for, no, this is 40. What was the uh, Funny People? Funny People by Judd Apatow. Yes, he was. I don't know how, I can't remember if he did anything funny in that, but I think you have to kind of be somewhat funny to be in an that Apatow movie. That movie was not funny. It was really depressing. <laughs> it was sad. I love Eric Bana. I just saw him on the Joel McHale show on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. I need to check that out. And I was just like, Eric Bana needs to be in more st- more stuff. He's good. He's very good. He's a very good Oh, actor. that makes sense. They did a movie together. Oh, did they? Yeah. It's called Deliver Us from Evil. Oh, okay. Also starring Edgar Ramirez. Ooh. All right. It's Is not it great. new? Uh, maybe a few years ago. Oh, okay. I picked Michael Sheen from Master of Sex. Really good choice. He was in the Twilight movies, but I don't care about those but he's in 30 no, that's rock a, that's a great comedic performance yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> he plays the main vampire right no um he plays the main evil vampire and it's genuinely hilarious <laughs> the man is have you seen all the twilight movies yeah i haven't seen any of them and read all the books who do oh, you think boy. i am oh boy um <laughs> yeah masters of sex master of sex masters of sex masters master of sex <laughs> Uh, I keep wanting to say 30 Rock because his character in 30 Rock is so goddamn funny. He plays like this love interest that Liz Lemon had and they like hate each other, but he always keeps like popping up. You don't remember this? Uh, admittedly, I have not seen very much 30 Rock. Mm, bummer. I'm going to leave. <laughs> um, I picked him sort of the same reason you picked Eric Bana is I, I wanted someone who could be a great actor mm-hmm. while also being funny because Humperdinck is funnier than I remembered. Oh my gosh, the part where he like calls his little like guy over and he puts his hand on the chair and he just looks at him so he'll like <laughs> take his hand off and he can put it on the armrest. On the day of the wedding, I want the thieves' forest emptied and every inhabitant arrested. Many of the thieves will resist. My regular enforcers will be inadequate. Form a fruit squad then. I want the thieves' forest emptied before I wed. It won't be easy, sir. Try ruling the world sometime. 
So good. I love the part when like Wesley convinces him to get in the chair and like they tie him up. <laughs> and then like Wesley like stumbles and he's like, I knew he was bluffing. I knew it. And then he just looks at a sword and he's like, hmm. And just like wilts. <laughs> um, but I also thought Michael Sheen could play that kind of like overbearing creep. Like mm-hmm. someone who's like so possessive like Humperdinck is. But you like the pick. Yeah. No, it's great. great. Let's get out of here. We did it. <laughs> we did our five. <laughs> I do have some honorable casting. I know we're, we're running Oh, boy. Off. Fezzik has to be Christian Naren, right? The guy who played Hodor? <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, this is just a Game of Thrones <laughs> smorgasbord here. Miracle Max and Valerie. I wrote down Kate McKinnon and Rachel Dratch. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Kate McKinnon as Miracle Max. <laughs> I was going to say, who plays who? And Rachel Dratch as Valerie. But now I'm also looking at Nick Kroll, and I was like, Nick Kroll could have been Miracle Max, but I like him as Vecini. That's my favorite part in the and whole then movie. We talked about this earlier. The ancient booer talked just like John Oliver, <laughs> and I think that needs to be John Oliver. Your true love lives, and you marry another. True love saved her in the fire swamp, and she treated it like garbage. And that's what she is, the queen of refuse. So bow down to her if you want. Bow to her. Bow to the queen of slime, the queen of filth, the queen of putrescence. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, other things about this movie that kind of got you? Um, we have not done Sir Barry Pepper's section. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, it's time for Where Does Barry Pepper Go? Kind of, where does Barry Pepper go? Uh, okay, I did something because it's tough to put a... Barry Pepper's not a comedic actor. No. So it was tough to find a place for him that wasn't like... Because all the side characters are these sort of like wacky people. Mm-hmm. So instead, I was like, I'm going with... I think he would make a great Count Rugen. Oh, okay. That's Christopher Guest's character, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is so crazy because Christopher Guest is one of the funniest people. <laughs> you know and what he's I mean? so serious. He's so serious this whole time. Yeah, uh, Count Rugen, the six-fingered man. I thought for a moment you are going to be like, um, I gender swapped the mom. He's just the dad. <laughs> he's just the dad <laughs> who walks in. Um, yeah, I cast him. I, I did this like very last minute, and I basically said who I was going to cast him as earlier. Uh, I cast him as Dan Hannigan. No, uh, I cast him as Yellen, the... Head of the army who... You're still laughing at Dan Hannigan. I'll wait for you to catch up. Hilarious. Um, The guy who is in charge of Humperdinck's army who has to like round up all the thieves. Yeah, the mustache. Yeah. He does have a funny line in the movie that I would like to see if Barry Pepper could pull off, which is like they're storming the castle. Uh Uh-huh. Fezzik, Indigo, and Wesley are storming the castle, and they're like, give us the gate key. And he's like, I don't have the gate key. And then, like, Fezzik just, like, sque- what does he do? He, like, threatens to, like, squeeze his yes. head. And he's like, oh, this gate key. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see Barry Pepper try it. I think he could get the timing right. Anything else about this movie? I think Andre the Giant is so charming in this movie. Oh, I know. It's like he gives a performance that you're like, really? He's, like, he's so funny. Like, there's a part towards the end, um, again, where they're sort of planning out their uh, moment of attack. Yeah. And they're walking away, and it's sort of a toss-away line, but he's like, hey, Inigo. And he's like, yes, Fezzik? And he says, I hope we win. (laughs) And it's so cute. Like, you're just like, wow. How, like, lovely and sincere. And 
everyone who meets him in this movie, I mean, not the not the villains, obviously, but like when the audience meets him, every time there's a character moment for Fezzik, we fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. Like the duel with Wesley, where he's like debating whether he should just keep throwing rocks at him. He's like, <laughs> I could hit you, or we could just fight it out. Um, and then Wesley, after Wesley wins, he's like, dream of large women. <laughs> <laughs> He like it's pats so him good. on the chest. He like he doesn't want to hurt him, and it women. just makes me wish more giants were in movies. There should be more yeah. giants, more, more giants, big people. The last thing, um, the moment when the grandfather, when Peter Falk leaves the room, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "Okay, see you later." <laughs> okay, 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 all right. So long. It's almost like he's getting out of a diner booth. It's like his sick grandson is lying in bed. He's like, all right, see you around. But that isn't the last thing he says, right? Because he says... No, because eventually um, Fred Savage is like, Grandpa. Will you come back and read it to me tomorrow? Yeah. But I just thought that moment where it's just like pure Peter Falk just just being like (laughs) curmudgeon-y is so good. It's time for me to go. Okay, guys, that was the reboot for The Princess Bride. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you like this episode... Check out our other episodes, and if you like those episodes, subscribe and rate. Rate five stars. Tell your friends about us and tell them to do the same. Kenna, where can they find this podcast? You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, really wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find this podcast, the both of us, together on social media, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter, mm-hmm. and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can find us on those same social medias, at Flynn B can guess who that is and at Kenneth Trent that's pretty self-explanatory that's right (laughs) alright guys uh, that's it for us remember I am something Dan Hannigan and I am here to save my wife we'll see you next time bye bye boys have fun storming the castle think it'll work it would take a miracle bye bye